Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Yes, I feel that way sometimes too. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. Today's podcast is like a Yorkie bar, big fuck off and not for girls. (laughs) My name is Craig Telford and I'm hosting this evening's show to hone my skills as a broadcaster and a media personality. Today I'm joined by a man who won't take no for an answer, it's Joel Sked. (laughs) Hello, I'm not sure what you're referring to. <laughs> and a man who's making his first appearance on the show for over a month. He likes American things so much, he only bloody went there for three weeks. He's drinking a Dr. Pepper from the cooler and putting it on the tab. It's Texas Craig Fowler. Hello. How was your trip to America? Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> now, as kind, of, kind of in that mood right now where I'm only recently back, less than a week back, I'm still quite... I don't know, still quite tired from like drinking literally every single day for like three weeks. And people just keep asking me how good it was, and I was kind of. I, I liked it to start with, it was fine. But oh, I'm, I'm sorry for inquiring about my friend's holiday no, no, for three no, weeks. It's not anybody else's fault other than mine, and just after all, you're like, ah, after this conversation, I, 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 don't know. I saw Craig at the football on Saturday and uh, turned around to him and went, um, so was it, uh, it was, it's good. He was like, yeah, was, and basically he was like, yeah, I was in America. Was like, no, no, the football. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did you try anything out? Did you try a Wendy's or anything like that? Uh, in and Out Burger. Okay. That was, uh, is that from Wendy's? Or is that, no, or is that it's, a, it's an own kind of chain thing. It's right. only really, I think, on the West Coast. Cool. Don't have it like New York or that. What about Twinkies or Pretzels? Did you try them? Don't have any of them. Uh, how the Chipotle? They were okay, quite nice. Okay, cool. Taco Bell. Um, yes, actually, people say don't go to Taco Bell, but there was one on the strip in Vegas, not far from a hotel. Kind of Vegas. <laughs> kind of looking for something that wasn't too unhealthy, and Taco Bell had uh, burrito bowls, which were quite nice. Okay, so, were, you, were you eating healthily when you were over there? Trying to as much as possible. Yeah, feeling some of the time, as I said, went in and in and out burger yes. twice. So <laughs> you're only human. It was in and out uh, burger? Was uh, that in the film of Keenan and Kel? That was good burger. Good burger. Move on. And on that sorry Is note. Remember the funniest thing in Keenan Kill? Seeing he puts a screw in his tuna. Yes. You ever seen that? That's that is that's hilarious. I don't think Keenan Kill was that funny, but that bit in the courtroom. The film was actually called Good Burger. Yeah, it was Good Burger. It was it Welcome to Good Burger? Can you have oh, can I good burger? Yeah, can I take, take your order? order? Can you welcome to In and Out Burger? Can I take your order? 
That's not what it was though. I know, I know, because I didn't know the name of the movie. Here we are, we're three minutes into the show, we've not even talked about football, but um, as our regular listeners will know, soccer. Monday night... Fucking hell, eh? Let's talk about soccer. Do you see any American sports when you're over there? Uh, yeah, I went to a Chargers game in LA and a Yankees game in New York. Now, as our regular listeners will know, the Monday night edition of the Terrace focuses exclusively on the Scottish Premiership and, like a ball pit in a children's soft play area, we're going to dive right in. Now, this weekend there are so many talking points from the weekend's action. I think every game has got something interesting to look at, so it's difficult nowhere to start. But let's be going. Let's begin by going to my least favourite place to drive to. It's Livingston because they <laughs> beat Rain, they beat Stephen Gerrard's Rangers, as we're now obliged to call them. Anytime we talk about them, they beat them one 0 courtesy of Dolly Menga's first half strike. Guys, what did you think of uh, yesterday's game? I thought it should have um, coming off it. If Livingston won three or four 0 that would have been fully deserved. Because Alan Lithgow could have scored one of the goals of the season. Yeah, uh, that would have, I kick. think that would have been their goal of the season. Just because it was uh, Livingston and it was Alan Lithgow. Fair play, Alan Lithgow. You think he's part of one of the best defences in the country, and to think his his career trajectory four years ago he was almost relegated into League Two with uh, with Stenhouse Muir, and now he's few before that he was in a car. <laughs> Yeah, so that, 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 he, that, he enjoyed himself in the car though, <laughs> yeah. a little too much. Aye. Um, He's enjoying himself on the pitch now. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, good way uh, back into you. What, what do you, what do you think of, uh, what do you think of Livingston's performance here? Joel saying three, three now wouldn't have been uh, unfair. Um, yeah, I mean, Gerard said after the game that uh, he didn't think that he, he kind of said we knew what Livingston were about. We knew they'd get set pieces. Um, uh, and there'd be a threat from them, and that's what happened. But it was kind of along the lines of we didn't really think they would cut us open, meaning from open play. Now the goal itself didn't didn't technically come from open play, but it was a second ball, mm. and it was worked as of a kind of open play move. It wasn't just a, a ball swung into the box and like loads of bodies in there. It was it was worked very well on the right hand side and cut back to Menga. Poor, and also poor defending. Oh uh, yeah, poor defending as well. Um, too touchy, can, yeah, touchy, you're allowed to touch, take a touch from six yards before hitting the shot. Yeah, n- not only that, um, Scott Robinson's run to the byline wasn't picked up by two Rangers uh, players, um, I, f- I forget who it was. Arfield and um, another one escaped me, Candace was the one who was not get goal mm-hmm. side Menga. Yeah, and that kind of summed up the differences in kind of performance and attitude for the two sides, but Gerard said they didn't cut them open. I mean, fair enough, I think a lot of Livingston's chances came from maybe kind of mistakes for the Rangers' back line, but two minutes in, they cut them open. Scott Pittman had a good chance, maybe should have scored that early on. They had other chances, better chances than Rangers, so I'm, I'm not entirely sure what Gerard was talking about. But I think I've kind of looked mainly at Rangers for this game, kind of compared to the, because it's the only one of the games I've watched back on Scout. so I looked at their kind of performance to the previous game. But before I get to that, I think maybe Joe should wax more lyrical about Livy, because Livy fans, I think, are... Maybe feeling that they don't get the credit they deserve in Scottish football right now. Well, yeah, someone's just going to come on to. There's Callum Carson, who's a sports editor at the West Lothian Courier. He tweets incessantly about Livingston and how they haven't been given enough credit or the right kind of credit for their success over the last two and a half seasons. He wrote, the reasons Livingston won, number one, the pitch is shite. Number two, Rangers had an off day. Number 653, Levy are actually a pretty decent team and play well. So is Callum Carson right and everyone else wrong about how Livingston play? Joe? Yeah, I, I really, um, in terms of the way they play, I really enjoy watching them. They are something different to the um, Scottish, Scottish Premiership. I mean, we've seen it before with Motherwell. There's not too, dis, uh, too many dis, uh, 
they're quite similar to Motherwell last season in the way that they're kind of aggressive, they are direct. But the one thing that there's, there's so many things that, that really impress me that their organisation they funnel attacks down the wings because they know if they're going to cross it and they've got Halkett yeah. who's been superb this season probably one of the most consistent players in the division Lifko who was strangely left out by Miller at the start of the season to Stephen Saunders and uh, Declan Gallagher they just they, they just win everything there I think they've got the highest uh, highest dual success rate in the, in the air uh, this season and they use that to their advantage when getting a free every time they get a free kick um, around the halfway line it goes into the box they win second balls constantly I think that's a massive thing about in the Scottish Premiership this season every team that are doing well has got a player that picks up on second balls Haring at Hearts um, Power at, um, at Kelly no one at Dundee uh, <laughs> and so you, there's a lot of talk about the organisation their energy they they, like, they they suffocate teams just the way they hunt in packs they, they, they get the three central midfielders so you've got the, the three central midfielders Robinson and Menga in front and the three behind them it's just it's just like a wall for teams to it's so hard for teams to to get get at them because you either need to be um, very good at taking you need players who are good at taking opponents on uh, taking with the ball but when you beat one opponent uh, so if just say you get past Burn. There's Jacobs. There's um, there's Pittman. So it's like Gauntlet field. and Gladiator. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, it's a great way, to, great way to put it. Or you need to be able to play really quickly. Um, and that's Rangers didn't do that. Teams haven't been able to do that. Hearts pushed really high up the pitch. They played a really high line, which made it difficult for Livingston to create chances. Don't think they create too much against Hearts compared to Rangers. But again. Hearts themselves struggle to find a rhythm because of the way Livingston press them. Also, the way there may not be another team so focused as in Livingston when they're in possession. They, like I said, they, they constantly win. They're constantly on it. They're winning loose balls. They are brighter. They're quicker. They're more alert than um, than the opposition. They 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 can play football if they want to. Jacobs, Pittman, and Byrne they're all very composed on the ball. Uh, Menger does really good good job holding up. Robinson has been um, incredible compared mm. to what he was what it was the last time he was in the Premiership. But he was playing Brace Fife when these uh, yeah. when Levy signed him. However, they know they, they know their kind. They know what they're good at. The I I don't think they need a manager to be honest because it's uh, Hopkins Hopkins left uh, and even under Miller they're still still decent. They, the, the the way they got the points is by doing what they do best. And then, so it's, they kind of just need a custodian. Is it David Martindale then, the custodian who's getting should be getting the credit? Every time I see, every time you, uh, the, the camera goes on to the, the side of the pitch, he looks like the manager. He's at the, t- he's, in, he's, he's like beside or in front of Tote barking out instructions. He's the first when someone gets a su- uh, substitute, he's the first one to greet them, like shake their hand. And uh, then at the full time like yesterday, the camera panned and uh, everyone was celebrating. Martindale was on the pitch. Um, given Steve Lawson coaching instructions, like um, as if to it was it was obviously no one can see them what I'm doing, but he was like he was talking about body shape, and then he was doing things with his fingers. Uh, it just it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 not um, probably it's 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 a bit unique, but it's working for them. Craig, and conversely, then if Livingston was so good, why were Rangers so bad? Stephen Gerrard after the match said they could have played for days. Without scoring. No, oh, yeah, he was certainly right. They were so poor in attack; they just had nothing. Pretty much the entire game. He changes formation again for an away match. The last kind of really kind of disappointing. Well, obviously the Celtic result was disappointing, but you know losing one 0 at Celtic Park isn't the worst mm. of results you can have in any season. But 
obviously it was a disappointment with the Motherwell game where they conceded three goals, three all draw, even though they played reasonably well. That game had changed his formation, putting the team in a back three and the defence didn't respond to that. This one, having... I was away, so I'm kind of losing track of when the games were. Was the last game before the St. Johnson? Or was that... Yeah, they played St. Johnson last week. Yeah, so, uh, was, so Villarreal didn't come after that. That was before. Villarreal was... So they went Villarreal, St. Johnston, Ayr, right, okay. Levy. Oh yeah, so there was Ayr as well. Yeah. So I just kind of looked at the St. Johnston game and contrasted it with this. So in the St. Johnston game, they played with a 4-3-3 with Ryan Kent and Daniel Candace, the winners, but both of them were very, very narrow. So it was a kind of proper 4-3-3 and not really a 4-5-1 with two players kind of stuck to the touchline. They interchanged very well, the midfielders supported them very well and that team as well, I think it was Arfield, McCrory and Koulibaly, so it was very combative in the middle. This one, the move to a 4-4-2 bringing Lafferty back and Morelos, they didn't look like a partnership whatsoever and Ajaria came into the team and played kind of like a, a kind of inverted role in the left midfield. Uh, and he was he then played in the centre midfield for the second half pretty sure it lasted in the eight minutes he was very poor throughout this was not the type of game for him he does have skills and he is very good uh, with the ball at his feet in terms of the fact that it's hard to get off him he's a big guy he's got good close control and he can kind of manoeuvre around in, in close areas and, and keep the move going however he is very languid and he does like to keep on to the ball and in this game where Livy just as Joe says go after absolutely everything he couldn't really afford somebody to take that much time on the ball even when he wasn't being hounded out of possession or being forced to give it up he was just taking too many touches and slowing down everything that Rangers tried to do it was so strange that um, Rangers the way Rangers started whole, they had Levy actually changed formation from the start because they, they obviously started with three, uh, three at the back as usual they, they went to a four and Robinson drifted out right uh, but once Levy did that Rangers had, had no answer no yeah because that was the only thing they really had in the early going was that the wing not really wing backs because Rangers kind of dropped one of the midfielders and would push Tavernier and Barisic up very high mm-hmm. and that was really the only thing they had early on was kind of the ability to get those guys in one on one situations out wide and put balls in the box but even then there wasn't really a chance that came from it they didn't the quality was poor they often didn't take the opportunity but just kind of pass it back and it was the whole performance is just everybody's poor now, proving that a broken clock does tell the correct time twice a day, Tam McManus actually tweeted something interesting. He said that Celtic's poor start to the season has masked how badly Stephen Gerrard's Rangers have started. Now, statistics, 11 points from 7 games. They're as close to Dundee at the bottom of the table as they are to Hart and Midlothian at the top. They haven't won away a game away from home all season. Two points from their four games. Should Stephen Gerrard be under greater scrutiny for the start Rangers have made to the season? I'm just thinking, sorry, uh, just one of the things that you mentioned there when you talked about the change of formations. Uh, does he know what his best formation is? Does he know what his best 11 is? Probably not yet. But they are. Europe is something that I think has maybe disrupted their, their form in the league somewhat. And you can't just. I think it's very easy to separate and go, oh, look at their dreadful form in the league. It is very poor. I mean, can't get away from that. I'm not going to game away from home yet. That's terrible for Rangers in the Scottish Premiership. But at the same time, you can't just completely remove the European games and put them to one side. That comes into it. That disrupts the squad and the, the kind of weekly preparation that other teams don't have to deal with. Celtic have obviously got as well, and they've got that, had a, a poor start to the season. In Europe, he's performed well above expectations, and they're still in the League Cup. So that part of it is good, and the League part of it is poor. So I'd say overall, he's doing a job that's slightly above average. Maybe, maybe a wee bit above average, but not much more than that. Yeah, I think um, 
Europe has, has certainly diverted some attention. It's, it's, it's weird because away from home in Europe, they are really well organised, but they, I think they're more defensive. Or uh, maybe in domestic competition, they're still trying to search for that balance uh, going forward. I mean, the, the, at home, they're back to not being a soft touch. Last, like the last few seasons, but under Kashina, under Warburton, teams could go there without that trepidation that they that used to be there and sweat with both sides of those firm. That's that's returned. So he there. Oh, there was a lot of uh, talk from Rangers fans that he was the Messiah. I don't think that. I think that was a bit premature. Uh, however, there's again they're they're making progress, um, just not as quick as we thought might have happened uh, when uh, when they when they when they did so well in Europe. Now, uh, from Livingston, we'll take the short trip to Edinburgh to league leaders Hearts and Midlothian. Now, Hearts maintained their excellent start to the season with a very decent two-one over St Johnson. Headers from Peter Herring and Haring Herring Haring. Christ, can we start that one again? No. Um, oh Christ. <laughs> Headers from Peter Haring <laughs> and Jimmy Dunn gave them the win to maintain their five-point lead at the top of the Premiership. Now, going by the highlights, Hearts looked very impressive. Joel, I know you were at the game. You tell me what you thought of it. Um, I thought the heart of Midlothian Hurricane were uh, <laughs> <laughs> copyright. Someone said on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I, in spells, Hearts played some really, really good, good football. The highlights on sports team probably didn't. It suggested the game was more even uh, than than I think it was. Must have looked like Hearts were by far the better team. Going I mean, by the highlights. It, it, yeah, there was there was just there was more um, St Johnson chances that kind of evened. I think even the balance the balance of play up, but the game should be uh, dead and buried uh, before Callahan uh, brought it back to two one. Some of the some of the football has been um, has been really positive, and it's there's a real excitement going to Tynecastle now. Used to it was just uh, it was football day out, just looking forward to not looking forward to the match. Now looking forward to the match. Uh, I was working in a professional capacity and may have almost got out by seat when Jimmy Dunn scored. No, but there's there's players who are really coming to the fore who I was unsure of in terms of Michael Smith and Callum Morrison. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Callum Morrison because 12 months ago he was on loan at Stirling Albion in League 2 and doing a very decent mm-hmm. job of it. So it's, as a, a lower league observer, it's very heartening to see him coming to the heart of Midlothian first team and make an impact. Yeah, he's... Um, I think, again, it's, it, it shows the positives of going out and getting actual first-team football because... Some players who were used uh, sparingly last season uh, in the Premiership uh, in tricky and difficult circumstances, they're now out on loan and I think they're looking to get that uh, boost Morrison has. Morrison last season, he probably could have, Hearts probably could have used him just because there was no pace and with, but for the players' development, it was probably best he was away from the shit show. Uh, although he did spend the second half of the season <laughs> on <the> <laughs> Um No, he's. He's been really positive. I think there was there was question marks still about the hearts, the the, the pace and the width of uh, hearts. But the last two games, um, he's he, he stretched the game. He's 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 developing really well with Michael Smith, who I think's been mm. um, hard, it's hard to say hearts most consist, consistent player when there's been like uh, Haring and Lee who've, who've who've just been sensational. Haring especially. Yeah. Uh, I could wax lyrical, but but uh, yeah, Smith has um, has really impressed, and he's. You used, used to just expect him as a kind of defence, a really solid fullback, but now um, he's kind of enjoying the attacking aspects of it as well. 
Not Peter Haring, Craig. He's a player that's coming for a lot of praise from the Hearts fans. What do you make of him? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just to tuck this stone on my belt. Right here. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a real gem. Oh yeah, he's just his all-action style in the middle of the park. He just con- completely controls the area when when he's on his game. I heard he was poor against Livy, uh, but I didn't see that game. Um, yeah, uh, both him and and, and Lee. I, I don't think they were. Um, re- well, everybody, everybody yeah, gets, yeah. just gets put off by the Livy yeah, midfield, yeah. so it's just hard for everybody. But. Yeah, he's just, he always seems to pop up in the right space, place to win the second ball. He's an incredible threat from aerial uh, set pieces. And also, that's something I want to mention as well, is the fact that Hearts, for the first time, it feels like ever, <laughs> are a consistent threat from set pieces. I know they've kind of got that reputation, but you always thought, it's maybe just because I think every football fan thinks their team are poor at set pieces, <laughs> even when they're probably the best in the league, because you, you're only successful so much of the time. So maybe Hearts have been better than I thought, but now I actually feel like the first time in ages, Hearts have a real threat from set pieces. It's due to guys like him, but also Ollie Lee's crossing, which has mm. been really good. Uh, it really puts a ball in that is just unworkable. Like, it's too clear to the goalkeeper or overhits it or completely underhits it. It's always usually in a decent area, and it gives the players in the team a chance to attack it, and there's plenty of guys in the team who can do that. And it's uh, huge improvements on... Uh, who- Huge improvement on dead ball specialist Mar- Mallory Martin. Yeah, exactly. was... that's funny. Lee was a massively advertised as a big dead ball specialist. He just quietly <laughs> learned the lesson. Uh, uh, Martin, I watched. Uh, we we're going to come uh, onto it on the Patreon um, about winners and losers. But I watched the first half of the Dunfermline Partick Thistle game, so that firmly plays. So you're, the, you're the loser, loser yep. <laughs> uh, and Martin, I think he was on the first four or five corners. Uh, the sixth corner was not taken by Martin because he didn't beat the front first man at all. See, Peter Haring, what level do you think he can he could uh, ascend to? Uh, I think he's a, he could be a championship in England player. I don't think he's quite good. No. He's not got ability for any higher than yeah. that. Um, I, I think he has He's probably a very good Championship player in England Because that's a very kind of Up and at them Kind of league And that would suit his style But he, he can he can do everything um, And I think He's, he's perfectly suited To Hart from the Lovian Football Club For the next 10 years uh, <laughs> But even, You look at him And I think You know when he's It's great having a physical uh, A tall person In the middle of midfield For just Just winning Winning aerial battles Again I go back to get up, Getting on second ball Loose ball He's probably the best In the division for it and his passing is really good. His first time passing is really good. He's really intelligent. Levine was saying afterwards that they signed him for us. They signed him as a centre back, but they knew that when he was yeah, coming through Austria, Vienna, I think it was, that it was uh, he was an attacking midfielder. Now, what, what about St Johnson? I mean, as an outsider, they're probably the least interesting side in the Premiership. Is there anything, anything <laughs> no, interesting we uh, can say about of, them? We've called them sexy St Johnson at times this season, and uh, because they are, they do have more kind of interesting players on their, their yeah. team now. The problem with this game is that the sexiness apart, uh, about the team was uh, either not playing well or not fit. So Tony Watt and Danny Swanson both came off the bench. Both Watt, them, Watt had a couple of decent chances. Yeah, both of them made a bit of an impact. Uh, Swanson kind of lost the rag a wee bit. I think he threw the water bottle towards the fans and stuff. No, he, I think he kicked it. Kicked the water yeah, bottle yeah. towards the fans. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't really pleased with the reception he got when he came on. Well, speaking of respect, uh, Ross Callaghan scored a, a typically muted celebration because football's all about respect and it's good to see Callaghan show Well, I wonder what would have happened players. had it been a goal that would have put them 3-2 up, for example, mm. rather than a goal when they were 2-0 down score and there's only like 15 minutes left. It was easy enough to just run back to halfway like not celebrate. I wonder if he would have done the same if it was like a last minute equaliser. It was arguably his best performance at Tynecastle. I don't think he was that good. No. I didn't notice he was even playing for No, he's like, like um, he, made a re- he had a really. 
I think it was the you saw the positives of what Callahan can bring to a team. I think he, uh, he got forward really well. The uh, chance he set up for Dre Wright was uh, oh, yeah. was was really good. Dre Wright is someone I think is uh, going to be a, a good player for St Johnson. Matty Kennedy on the other hand, he I was very poor, cool, yeah, and also McMillan as well, uh, topped off by the point in the game where the Hearts defenders backed off him, giving him about fifteen yards of space to 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 meet a high ball. And McMillan just head, headed it right out of play. St like, Johnson fans headed it right out of play. St Johnson fans, yeah, that was a terrible header. St Johnson fans, I think, were calling for him to get back in the team. Uh, Tommy Wright, I think, was quite agitated with his with his performance. Um, St Johnson, eighteen eighty four on on Twitter, got um, in touch with me. He was just he was asking me about um, who was who was marking at corners for St Johnson because uh, they defended corners against Celtic last week really well there's 15 or 20 of them but last season they lost 21 goals from set pieces and it's something that Wright said that he was going to be working on two things I want to say before we move on just something a little tiny little bit negative about Hearts it's kind of a positive and a negative because I thought they played some really nice football on the deck and mm-hmm. it's, it went completely against the stereotypes of Levine side and it had to be done because without Uchi in the side and with Vanacek not arriving until January there, there isn't that Physical, like real big kind of football How good is Edwin, they zip in McLean. McLean is yeah. fantastic. So you got McLean, Naismith, and June. The only problem with that is that while the hoop, like while they linked up very well, I still thought they were missing that extra spark and attack. Morrison was good, but he's still a young player, mm-hmm. and he can't really kind of be relied on continuously throughout oh, a game. Yeah, throughout a game to to be that to be that player that brings the pace and also brings the quality. And without Uchi as well, I just thought that it wasn't a surprise that Hart scored the two goals from set pieces because of Lee's delivery and every other shot was kind of like around the edge of the box apart from that I think McLean's chance which came from a goalkeeper rebound and uh, Naismith from a Smith cutback I thought they kind of missed that final little bit of incisiveness or like somebody like Uchi could just take it into the penalty box and and then turn either turn and shoot or just lay it off with an easy chance for somebody else but the fact that Hart still won still played well still dominated the game without him is a massive plus point because prior to this week Hearts hadn't won without him in the team the one against Motherwell and then the one again uh, I suppose the one against Broader Raiders but I mean Cove whatever no no he came, he came on against Cove aye but the so game was, the game, <laughs> he that. The game was already done for that point and final final point Danny Amanqua came off the bench for this game he looked bright actually looked bright yeah now it's very he didn't really do anything um, because he was only kind of on to provide something in a defensive sense but he moved a lot quicker he looked lighter on his feet he looked more kind of determined and up for it and that's something we've not seen from him and Levine's not somebody who's going to just bring a player back because he's like oh I like you I'll give you a yeah. second chance if he thinks a player's poor and so far he's thought a man was poor and as um, I think privately and publicly slagged off his fitness if he's brought him back in obviously Manco's doing something well in training and if Hearts can get that extra player in attack who's got that pace as a winger that's the only thing that kind of even though they have Morrison there's not really much behind him either that or it's a damning um, assessment of uh, Jake Mulraney that he's dropped out yeah I'm just just ignoring him completely can Hearts win the division? no yes <laughs> uh, Dundee Dundee recorded their first one of the season with a very decent win at Hamilton Academical Andy Boyle and Carl Madaniaga Sorry, I've been away for a while Who the fuck are Ennis and Boyle? Uh, <laughs> Ennis is loan signer from Crystal Palace Boyle has signed a two year deal from Preston I think Or he might be on loan from Preston so, well, then, Two centre-backs Both of them arrived before the end of the window Yeah, no, I missed that 
That was the first, for not just the first one of the season, the first time they've taken any points all season. They're still rooted to the bottom of the table, but a little bit closer to daylight, just a point above St Mirren. What did you guys think of the match? There was um, one shot on target in the first uh, 38 minutes. <laughs> okay. I mean, to be honest, it's, it's a bit of a nothing match. The only talking point I, I thought from it was um, how much had Hamilton miss Mikel Miller. He was absolutely phenomenal against St. Mirren the week before. They didn't have him. He was somebody who would uh, roam laterally uh, and certainly caused a threat with two two goals set up there. And they, they, they didn't have that against Dundee. It certainly didn't help the, the players that came in. So they played a 4 4 1 1. And so you're talking about Stephen Boyd played at number 10. You're talking about Kelly, Sean Kelly? Yep. Uh, right mid, Dougie Emery at left mid. All of them were poor. So you didn't Good. give much service to striker guy. Bergstad, I think. Yes. <laughs> um, the, this is why I, I don't want to be... I'm, I, I like the McCann, so I was glad that, that, I'm glad that Dundee, Dundee won. I can fully understand why Dundee fans want to get rid of them because they've been dross. And, and they still rode their luck a little on this one. Yes. Hamilton missed a sitter and hit the bar twice. And Hamilton were very, very good. Dundee were not great either. It was Dundee started this. It, it's weird, even though they keep getting beat, they started games well. They, they, they knocked the ball round, uh, knocked the ball well, round well in the first 15, 20, maybe 25 minutes. Had one, made one opportunity. Um, but then it was the same old, can't get a goal. They Then they kind of froze and Hamilton came into it and then realised, like, oh, Hamilton are very, very good either. So what there was, it was just like, uh, I don't know. Um, so to, I mean, it was like, like two, two teams having an existential crisis. <laughs> it, was like, it was like two magic carps coming up against each other and uh, Pokemon. <laughs> splash, I mean, splash. We, we spoke about uh, Neil McCann there. Does it see see in this sort of instance if you're if you want rid of the manager and you ever been in that position where you thought well you know if we lose it might not necessarily be the bad thing because it pushes him out the door how like do you imagine <laughs> like Dundee United will come on to them shortly uh, no we won't we'll come on other people will talk about them on Thursday <laughs> beg your pardon but what what does this mean for for, for Neil McCann is it about more time if if Dundee uh, lose next week does that push him further out though they've got Kilmarnock on Saturday what what is what does this result do for Neil McCann's they're, they're at home to Kelly aren't they and I think yeah. they've got a couple of agreeable fixtures after that as well th- Livingston's one of them I think they might give them this wee run I think they might have bought them instead of just one game it depends if they get if they lose they lose heavily against against Kilmarnock that might be it but as Gary kind of discussed on the last show. The Dundee board are very hesitant to pull the trigger, so I think it might give them this, these few games. Uh, They're already penning a new contract for them. <laughs> <laughs> what result? <laughs> <laughs> Have an extra zero. <laughs> we'll, we'll find you on the dead foxes we can for the Bobby Cox stand. You can cook them or whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's... Um, there was... I'm just, I'm just trying to look at my notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's, there's, there's the one with Paul McGowan that's that's an impressive thing considering that last season neither fell apart when either McGowan or Kamara won yeah Kamara was so. back in he was he was decent he was decent in the in the centre midfield the um, Miller again uh, has given them a bit extra uh, on loan from Celtic he looks he looks really good a bit of a bit of drive their formations weird they were playing four I was like four four two but it was very it's very narrow it's very narrow uh, so it wasn't a diamond. Kamara was deepest, and then I'm not sure where kind of Spence was playing. So they they were it was interchangeable. I'm not gonna lie, it just wasn't a very good game. 
But what was a good game though was Kilmarnock's 3-1 win over Motherwell they maintained their excellent start to the season um, despite Curtis Main uh, scoring the lead early doors Greg Stewart Chris Burke and Eamon Brophy turned it around to keep Kelly in fourth Kilmarnock particularly uh, in the second half looked very impressive Yeah it's good to have the old Greg Stewart back mm, He I was mean, excellent Aberdeen could really do with a player like that <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> He did get his moments there last season in Aberdeen's team. Like they did use him as a number ten slash kind of second striker, but uh, a nine and a half. Is that where he is? I, I, Michael I Cox. <laughs> I just wanted that response. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they ever really committed to it fully, and he would often play out wide. And when he played it wide. McInnes' um, tactical tombola. Yeah, when he played it wide for Aberdeen, I always thought he was a bit deeper than he'd ever seemed when he played for for Dundee. When he's Dundee, he, he would often he would often play on the wing, but he seemed to be very kind of high pushed up, and mm-hmm. I think partly would often play with three centre midfielders, so they would kind of. He didn't have, he didn't have much defensive responsibility. Yeah, whereas I think at Aberdeen, he was asked to do a lot of that, and he would routinely pick up the ball, like at, around about the halfway line on the wing, and kind of. As one of the more creative members of the team, be expected to kind of do something, and he really struggled. But he also struggled as he made himself. His fitness wasn't wasn't there, and the fact that he's presumably this summer not had three holidays and actually committed to pre-season that may be a reason why he's doing it as well. Because footballers will tell you all the time how huge pre-season is and the momentum you can mm. get from that. But there's there's some players that can get away with it. Uh, Stuart Stuart's body type, I don't mm-hmm. think is 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 capable of that. Uh, and uh, like I, said, I think he was involved. He certainly scored a, a cracking goal for Birmingham in in pre season. So it, it wasn't a case of like a few players that came in towards the end of the transfer window. They've been having they've been given kind of three or four weeks to get up. To, uh, he was ready to come in straight away. And what yeah, the, the partnership they complement each other really well. Brophy and Brophy stretches the game. He's all action a bit too greedy at times. Uh, Stuart is McHugh and Bigger Amana were just uh, all at sea yeah. uh, with with Stuart. Just his, his movement and he makes it's like you watch you're watching aspects of the game where there was one moment where he turned uh, McHugh was like how can you, how how did you get done so easily? But he's, he he keeps doing it. He keeps doing it to players. Now the Motherwell have taken the lead through Curtis Main. It was sort of your proto Motherwell goal, where it was a, a two headed flick ons before the ball broke to Main, who shot low. But the match seemed to turn on a penalty incident where Stephen O'Donnell fouled. And I'm using the the bunny ear quotations. There was fouled uh, Aaron Taylor Sinclair. Do you think it was a penalty? No. Yeah. What? You thought it was a penalty? Yeah. I mean, O'Donnell tried to get out of the way, but he didn't. No, I'm not having that. He didn't do anything. He's allowed to be there. No, but it's, it's, it was basically where he was. He was uh, Taylor Sinclair was flying in the box, and I mean, it was like Taylor Sinclair couldn't really get out of the way. No, no, no. he didn't stick his leg out or anything. There was major he, he contact. His, he, he, he needed to have a step back rather than just. He, he didn't. He didn't move. He had his leg, and they brought it back in, but he didn't move from where he was standing. You let it stand, though. Yeah, you're allowed to stand, but it was something runs in you. That's not a foul. Well, in the penalty boxes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, I, 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 you, you see it outside the box as well. It's like if you turn your back, like you, someone knocks the ball past you, and you're still standing, like turn your back or you stand. It's usually given as a fault. I wouldn't say always. No, it's usually. I wouldn't say always. I, I think usually is a bit strong as well. Curtis Me missed the penalty, and at that point, the match. Ball don't lie. In. 
in, in Kilmarnock's favour. What happened? What what happened at that point until them come back into the match? Motherwell is very guilty right now of giving away cheap goals and Park's the, goal was particularly. Oh um, yeah, they've they've just not found the right formula at the back this season. Last last term, I mean, don't get me wrong, they weren't the most you know what's the word stingy defence in the entire mm. league but they they kind of seemed to have a good setup. the players all complemented each other well in the three the three centre halves so yeah. it was either Bill Hartley or Aldred as the kind of no-nonsense man in the middle and then you had the kind of Maverick styles of Cedric Kipri who was incredible at intercepting the ball as well something Mullow have struggled to do this term and on the other side you'd have Charles Dunn who while he wasn't great on the ball provided a bit of pace for the back line and they all, they all worked well this year they've not found the right formula they've also had injuries as well so Dunn's been out and I think still will be out for another month or so the Hartley's kind of been in and out of the team with a few kind of niggles Aldred was to come back it's still to see whether him and Hartley could kind of mesh together successfully in a back three and they're just still they're still, the, the, the wing backs as well they brought Taylor Sinclair in he's not really done it he's uh, not good defensively s- 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 sleeping with uh, Burke and then you've had uh, so you moved Tate, Tate no matter where Tate plays right or left he's fine but then if he plays left you play Cadden right Cadden just not had a good, good season I feel like I've got a um, Vendetta Vendetta against it's, it's beginning to sound like I've got a Vendetta against Cadden but it's just because I know the qualities he has um, that how good a player he could be another aspect I think of it is the um, with, with Motherwell's that last season sorry this season everyone in the league um, Barry maybe uh, Dundee and some other, uh, know that you need to have power and physicality every team has kind of uh, bought that like when Gerard came in he made he's like right we need to sign a certain type of player uh, that suits Scottish football and now teams are matching uh, mm-hmm. Motherwell in terms of the f- uh, physicality I think Motherwell have, Robinson said they've tried to um, play a bit more football that's debatable <laughs> Basically, he's bigger, bigger yeah. man. I came in the team instead of like somebody like Grimshaw or Andy Rose. That's it. <laughs> now, I'm not a Motherwell fan by any stretch of imagination, but their use of social media, <laughs> particularly their story of the match, is brilliant. <laughs> Kidding on, I guess about boring bunch of daft marks walking in slow motion all the time. Who cares? Um, could we just before we move on? Quick word on Alan Power, who is outstanding yes. in the centre of the park. He is somebody who we've talked about before. He's somebody who has. Uh, he's, if you asked him what, what's Alan Power what's he good at you'd say he's good at nothing and everything because he doesn't really have any kind of standout kind of qualities he just does everything well in the centre he, he really gives the ball away he works hard off the ball he's disruptive to the opponents and he just doesn't make the crowd picks up in second balls yeah well. he, right, he picks up second balls and he just doesn't make the crowd go oh for fuck's sake what are you doing he just he does everything that comes to him he, does, that, he makes the right decision yeah I'm glad you brought him up because that's um he struggled at the start of the season when it was just him and Dicker. Uh, they were a bit too samey. Um, uh, uh, Shibola, Shibola, we'll go for that. He's come in and it's Shibola. Shibola. Uh, they've got a better. It's given Kamarik a better balance, especially you can play those two in a in a two because um, Shibola can um, can get on the ball. He can pass it. He can drive forward. Uh, he gives a bit of variety to the midfield play and it's, it's it's no surprise that Dicker and Boyd are currently sitting on the bench well, I'm not a Kilmarnock fan by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> but they're doing quite well at the moment now Celtic have experienced one of the worst starts to their season in recent memory but they were absolutely okay 
and a 1-0 win over Aberdeen on Saturday. Scott Sinclair scored a lovely back heel to win the game. Um, certainly doesn't buy the highlights in sports scene. They looked a bit more fluent and a bit more slicker. There was still a lot of wastefulness in the final third and they don't quite look at it yet at that end of the park. I think it tells you... Why? God, that's a question everybody's asking. But uh, I think it tells you everything about this game that Celtic fans kind of were unanimously praising the performance of Jack Henry and Dedrick Barra and not really many other players. Jesus and also should you the kind of threat that Aberdeen poised as well. Yeah, absolutely. Aberdeen. The, 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 the expression couldn't score in a brothel was uh, perhaps invented for Aberdeen. Um, Joe, what did you think of uh, the, the match? I uh, came out uh, pretty impressed with Aberdeen. Actually, uh, I was amazed. I was. I got told uh, some people there that it was a dross game, which at the time didn't surprise me uh, because both have been very pre- yes boring uh, this this season. But to give McKinnis his due, they went there with an attacking 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 lineup. They had two wide men, uh, two strikers, and they'll make it a play for number ten, do they not? They had four attacking players. <laughs> GMS was GMS looked good. He's, he's been. He's been. I think they're uh, um, probably their most consistent attacking player this season. And uh, just to, just to clarify, his manager doesn't know this. No one on, uh, be, uh, on Sports Sound knows this. It's Gary Mackay Stephen. It's not got an S at the end. <laughs> it's Gary Mackay Stephen. Funny you should bring up his manager in relation to Mackay Stephen because that was the point I was going to make is that McInnes was asked about him on a sports sound that I was can't remember when it was I've been trying to build through as many kind of Scottish football podcasts as possible so I can go back to my work and actually know what, what's actually happening um, Don't make you listen to the sports sound thing <laughs> <laughs> Yes Hello Take it Take it um, and he was asked about Mackay Stephen being in great form this season and like finally being back to his best. McInnes kind of defended him by saying, "Oh, well, I thought he was really good last year, and he was good in stages, but he didn't have a great start to the season, and he was still very inconsistent, even for Mackay Stephen mm-hmm. standards. I think this season he has looked at his best. In fact, he's maybe shown a consistency this season that he's maybe never shown, and that he's been pretty good in just about every single game. And without him. Aberdeen I think would be in real trouble uh, not like relegation but in terms of like there's still a hope for them that if Wilson who had a few moments a flu flash he looks okay Celtic, so far looks yeah, okay um, if he can be the type of player they're hoping that he is then Aberdeen should still be looking to challenge Hibs and Hearts but if it wasn't for Mackay Stevens form they'd already be almost counted out of it there was two moments in the game I'd like to talk about the first one was Scott McKenna's foul on Odson Edward seemed like a sort of weird scissor kick the sort of thing you might see in Lucha Libra uh, what did you think of that? it was a wee bit high <laughs> it's a shocker <laughs> um, Stephen Thompson said maybe it was a booking <laughs> maybe it was very high it's got to be a red he, um, he the, the, the position he was in uh, he, he seemed to be taking a very aggressive um, lesbian sex position oh scissoring yeah yeah. When the, that's how the Sinner Sisters got their name Oh, yes. really? Yeah. Ah. Anyway, uh, the, the, no, I have. He was uh, when he when you say a player was uh, reckless and not in control. 
that was very much so of McKenna. Yes. The, the the second moment was Scott Sinclair's goal, which was a fabulous piece of improvisation. He got the ball with his back to goal and just gently prodded it past Joe Lewis with the back of his heel. It could with Edwards out for we don't know how how long he's going to be out for, but it's just a dead leg, I think. Right. Okay. Well, I was going to say, is this the time where Scott Scott Sinclair can reclaim his place within the Celtic team? And as follow up question, why do you think he has regressed so badly, given how? Superbly started at Celtic. Teams have certainly cottoned on to towards the end of his first season when they were fantastic. Aberdeen certainly were uh, one of the teams to uh, take a more proactive stance on combating him and Tierney because those two in the 16 17 season were just fantastic. The the, the combination they had with Sinclair driving in field, uh, Tierney racing, racing down the left, it uh, uh, left defences um, kind of traumatised. Aberdeen went and played man marking as they, as, they, as they do often when they go to Celtic Park against Tierney and Sinclair. And since then, it just seems if uh, I don't know if it's a case of Sinclair getting perhaps a bit too complacent. Um, with how easy, maybe how easy he, th- he thought Scottish football was, and teams just um, being being more wise to him. That combination is in effect is clearly affecting his confidence. Yeah, I th- it does seem like a confidence thing. It just looks the last year. It just looked a lot more kind of predictable. There was a bit of lethargy in the way that he kind of moved, like he it was, like he'd done that move so often, like yeah. get the ball on the left, cut inside, have a shot. But it just—it seemed to everything seemed to just go that just a little bit slower, so that he was kind of almost bored by doing it, kind of thing. Not and then giving opposition a chance. Yeah, and then it would often, so often you would then see the shot get blocked. Whereas in his first season, it was—I mean, I don't quite buy the argument that teams have caught on to him. I don't know what you're saying about the zone obviously giving somebody else a chance, but at the same time, I think by the end of his first season, teams have caught on to it, but he still couldn't stop it. Because it was just, it's like Aryan Robin. It's like, you know what he's going to do, mm. but stopping it's a very mm. different thing. If you don't know the exact second when he's going to take that step inside, you, you can't you can't stop it. And it just got a lot more predictable for me, just in the way that he moved and he, he just telegraphed it to the defender that he was, right, now now he's when I'm going to make my move. And it was much easier to, to, to block it. But for this goal, signal turnaround, I don't know, he didn't play well in the first half of last season and he was still scoring. And then that kind of led to a drought. So I would say that one goal might not quite, you know, give him the boost. But he's kind of saying all the right things. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see, I suppose. So less Aryan Robin, more Christopher Robin. He's a weird little prick that hung about with uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> uh, just before we go on to the, <laughs> the final game. You've ruined my link there, into not into You're waiting to see how we're going to tee that up in oh, the St. Mirren game. It's too late. late. Yeah, I think we should just move on. I just, just wanted to say that Derek, I was looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to Derek McKinnis playing James Wilson uh, on the wing and Cosgrove up front for the rest of the season. Frightening, frightening. Uh, anyway, the the final game of the season. Did we pick Christopher Robin. Oh, I did nothing. I was just going to body Joel there, but there's no. What's the point? What's the point? He bodies himself. <laughs> um, the final game of the, the the weekend was fairly uneventful. St Mirren nil, Hibernian one. Hibs won the match through. David Gray's 14th minute header and they missed some pretty good chances over the course of the match to put a bit more gloss on the scoreline any any thoughts on this game? <laughs> this is our one but I'm like who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> who do you want to know? Right, Cameron McPherson's a midfielder yeah young youngster young midfielder yeah, apparently yeah. had a very good first half and, sorry a very poor first half and a good second good half say, yeah, yeah he did uh, good at crossing the ball as well not sure ok 
Um, Simeon Jackson. No, Simeon uh, Jackson. They, they've just signed him. Uh, he's forward. Forward. He's, he had he's got a lot of championship. Ah, he's a very obviously a very unique name, Simeon Jackson. But I've got a friend in the office who's a St Mirren fan. Uh, he was very impressed by his performance. He said he missed a Bogdan pulled off a decent save. Yeah, for him. he um, the one time Effie Ambrose Effie Ambrose strolled it absolutely brilliant. However, the one time um, St Mirren kind of broke free off Ambrose was Jackson. Really good play. Got the ball, turned him, nutmegged him. As an aside, I don't think I've seen a defender get as nutmegged as many times as Effie Ambrose has in the past uh, two months. He's uh, just something up with his body position. Anyway, yeah, he did fantastic, and it was a, a good save from from Bogdan. He Jackson, in comparison to uh, Brock Madsen, uh, that Dublin Jackson's a lot more mobile. He is more of a goal threat. He'll run him behind. He did have times where he'll hold the ball. So he does things. He, did, he does things. Whereas <laughs> Brock Madsen, but Brock Madsen's is he's like um, he's there. He's there. It's like a, uh, a totem pole. Just a really ungainly shit totem pole. <laughs> and uh, who's the other for Mullen? Danny Mullen. Danny Mullen. He's, he's. I think he's been good, but. He's not the striker that you want to hang your hat on to keep you in the in the Premiership. I think that's certainly something St Mirren could be doing with. As a striker, they can hang their hat on. They've scored uh, three goals this season, two of them against Dundee, one of them where Jack Hamilton fell over, and the third goal was actually an own goal. Uh, uh, Jimmy Dunn own goal when Hearts beat them 4-1. Uh, why is St Mirren finding goals so hard to come by this term? Talent. Yeah. Lewis, I mean, taking Lewis Morgan out, um, signing guys exclusively from Jamie Vardy's football <laughs> yeah. academy. But like um, Kyle McGinnis, Jack Ross. At the end of last season, Jack Ross had an interview, good interview with uh, Sky Sky Sports, and he um, he talked up Lewis Morgan. But then he was even more effusive in his praise of uh, McGinnis, and that's not. I'm not seeing it. Since he's made since he's made the step up, Ryan Flynn I think's been okay. There, I still think he doesn't really. Kearney is you can see that he's not happy with the squad because he has uh, had a forward from Fiorentina on, and on trial. He signed Jackson, uh, he signed Anton Ferdinand, and he's got Lewis McGugan who had quite a good reputation at one point in the championship with not That's him uh, ringing a buzzer. Yeah, uh, and so he's he's on and on trial. They've got, I think, it was the fact that St Mirren, uh, who have one of the most the booiest fans in Scotland, that they applauded the team off at the uh, at the end of the game. There was positives in that second half to take, and I still think it's it's a work in progress. The good thing is, is that they've got Hamilton. You never know what they're getting. You're getting from and Dundee that they're not in danger of getting cut, cut off a drift at the bottom, and it doesn't help when their goalkeeper dies out the way of shots. We should probably give some praise to Hibs, seeing as they're in second place. Yeah. Just five points off the famous. Um, the, thing, the thing that Hibs fans should be very happy about is the fact that they have nowhere near hit their stride yet. No. And they're still second in the table and still only five points behind Hearts, who, I mean, it's hard to say that Hearts could have had a better start to the league season than they have. So, I well, Joel still thinks Hearts will win the title. Um, I think that it, that shows that the battle between the Edinburgh Cubs is far from I any sort of uh, I didn't say Hearts uh, will win the title. I said that they could. 
They could yeah, win anything the title. Could happen. Anything could happen. Yeah. However, I Fucking do. F- over there. <laughs> I do feel it's going to be two. Um, that's going to be down to two points. I've bad feeling about Hearts going to Ibrox um, next week because when I go there, we never win. And Hibs have got home in Motherwell, which I'm sure it's home in Motherwell. No, no, it can't be home in Motherwell. They're home to. They're home to someone who's not Ranger Celtic or Aberdeen. Home to a football team. So they'll, um, they should pick up three points. But yeah, the Milligans came back in. McLaren's are injured. But Hamilton. Hamilton, there you go. Yeah, easy three points. Um, Camberry is getting back up to get back up to speed. David Grace came back in from the cold. He's picked up a couple of injuries. Sorry, he's came back from having been injured quite a bit last season. The Grainersons. Yes. Uh, I would never use that uh, that term, but <laughs> so that's allowed Lennon to play with a back four, or they can go, but with a back three, it's one where I'm not sure Lennon knows what his best eleven, but I don't think Definitely that not. particularly matters because they are flexible. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a case of players coming in and out, and uh, there's a dramatic drop off in, in in talent or in form. I meant to look, I forgot to look into it, but I wanted to find out how many games McGeeock, Malin and Allen played together last season. I don't think it was that many, because that's, that's the big thing, all three of them left, and it's like, oh, how are you going to replace them? But I would be surprised if they, they played 12 games starting together, because obviously Allen only came in in January. Yeah. I'd be surprised at that many. You look at it now and... Um, Probably about that. I said Malin, McGinn, sorry, McGeeock, McGinn and Allen. Malin has been... Uh, I'm getting confused here. Uh, Malin has been uh, fantastic this season. He's played in a deeper role. Heinemann's coming on to it. Again, they've got players who are coming in and they've got levels to go to. Milligan's came in and he's, he's robust and just gave them a base in midfield. It's, it's, I think there's a lot to be positive about Hibs, even though they've not been, um, they've not been at their slickest. Is there anything else you want to say about the, the weekend's games? No, that's everything. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to today's show. Before we go, just a bit of housekeeping. Uh, remember, pay your $2 a month. <laughs> we nod to Texas Fowler there. $2 a month gets you to our Patreon account. The Patreon account is well worth your time. There's loads of funny podcasts, hilarious non-sequiturs, and really great stories, particularly about Sean McGuigan's desperate love life. <laughs> um, on top of that, we also do two podcasts a week, as you're probably aware of. The one coming up on Thursday will be a lower league special. I'm, I'm involved with that. If you want. I might do actually I've, I've fucking nothing else on this week um, so that we'll be talking about the, the lower leagues there from the championship uh, league one and league two and there's loads to talk about after this weekend so uh, I'd like to thank uh, the two guys for joining me thank you Joel Sked thank you I'm now going to listen to Scissor Sisters after uh, that revelation they were, they were shite the Scissor Sisters Laura was good they had a couple, they had a couple good songs a couple good tracks nah, not, not, not for me Clive Laura was good there was, I'm sure there was another one Comfortably Numb was shite and uh, Take Your Mum was shite Take Your Mum was a desperate song is that the one? Laura, won't you give me some time? Yeah, don't you know? And uh, like us say thank you to uh, the returning Craig Fowler. It's your, your first day back for a month. How do you think you got on? Six out of ten. And my name's Craig Telfer. I thought I did an eight. Sports Social Podcast Network.